Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. water, bring it back out, dig the paddle in, scoop the water. I think we all, all right. could figure that yeah, out. Yes. So- <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from the finale of Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 2, which is airing on Peacock. I'm devastated to see them go. Although the finale delivered on every level, they had the ladies trudging through manure to go to the bathroom. They had them canoeing. That poor woman who was trying to teach them how to canoe, Vicky wasn't having it. She's like, I think we get it. We paddle. And then... <laughs> We had a sermon. I wasn't expecting a sermon. Seeing Jill Zarin sing to the high heavens at the end of the episode was not something I had un, uh, expected when we tuned into the Real Hustlers Ultimate Girls Trip. But here we are. I have lots of thoughts, and then we're going to get into the Atlanta. I'm hoping the girls trip, you guys. I'm hoping that we do, at least like we did with season one, where there was a Watch What Happens Live reunion or Zoom union. I don't know what we have to do, but Andy's got to get all the gals on a video chat or something, because I think they have so much unfinished business after their time at the Sonnet House, and I think they need to work out the rest of their issues that have happened on social media and that have happened in the press. Uh, and they sort of left it open-ended. Did anyone find that they left it? I think Vicky in the confessional was saying, like, if we do this again, and then one of the other ones, like, wouldn't we do this again? I think the only person who said she wouldn't do it again was Eva. But I bet if they pulled up to Eva's house with a U-Haul van full of cash, I think, you know, if they loosened up the purse strings a little bit, Eva would get on board, too. And we need the exact same cast. And I'm not sure how that works now, because Tamara officially got her orange back on The Real Houses of Orange County, as predicted. And I also am predicting that Taylor is going to be a friend of. And I think when Legacy opens up, I think Jill and Dorinda will be on the New York Legacy cast. And so the cast, I think, will be filming their regular shows or filming other shows. And even Tamara, I, I don't know if it was on social media or in the press, but she had said she's going to bring Vicky around for filming. So I don't think Vicky's going to be like an official cast in Orange County, but I think Tamara's going to invite her to the parties and the events. And I hope so, because honestly, this episode, I really liked Vicky. I go on a roller coaster ride with our dear Vicky Gumbleson. Sometimes I love her and sometimes I hate her. And by the end of this, I think I did ultimately fall in loving her. And so I hope I want her to co- pop in. I want her to pop in on Orange County. I'm not sure in what capacity, but I'm hopeful for that. So I think the other gals are going to be filming their regular shows, but I don't think that has to stop us from sending these women on another vacation or putting them in another haunted house. I think we just throw them in some sort of, I think we put them on Scary Island. I think we put them in some other iconic housewives location, throw them in Andales. You know, Vicky wants to whoop it up. Let's have Vicky invite all the gals to Andales. Huh? That's a great idea. So I don't know. It's I think they need to figure it out, quite frankly. I think we all Alrighty. could figure that yeah, out. Yes. So- I think they could all figure it out. You know, they just need the paycheck, they need the contract, and then they'll ready to go uh go through hell for another good season of television for us. So 
Uh, look, I'm excited. I'm hopeful, and I have uh, I have all the sympathy for these women because again, they've been through hell. Brandy has lost a nail every episode. I don't know if anyone's been looking at her grippers each time, each week when you tune in, but every week one of her grippers is missing a nail. So I think she started this season with a full head, a full ten fingers of of nails. And then by the end of it, I'm looking at her grips, and it was like, one down, two down, three down. It was like, where did all her nails go? Uh-oh, where did they go? <laughs> they were just missing. It was like a visual representation of the hell that these women have went through. And did you notice, like, when they had... So in the end of the episode, when they go to this, like, barn dinner thing, which, look... It was nice that they were outside, but I also thought that whole thing could have just been at Dorinda's house. Instead, they were like driving all this way to the shakers. It was like the shakers. And I didn't really understand like the shaker. What? So they shake out the sins. I didn't really get the whole backstory of that. I feel like I need a whole mini series documentary style about these shakers because I'm like, who are these shakers? They're shaking out the sins. That was like not enough of an explanation for me. I was like, I need to know exactly who these people are and like, why is this so tucked away? So they had to drive all this way and then like go through this whole empty barn. But then I was thinking like, well, it seemed like the barn was not done, but then it had been there for so many hundreds of years. It seemed like I was getting mixed messages. Cause I was like, wait, has this thing been, they haven't changed anything for a hundred years, but then the barn, did they just never finish it? You know, you ever have a friend who's like renovating their house and it's never done. Like it's just always being renovated. <laughs> Like, I feel like that's what happened with the Shakers. They just never finished renovating the barn. They shook off their sins, but they never hired the contractor to come and put in the flooring. And so it just was women walking through there, walking through manure. And then I didn't understand, like, why was the outhouse, like, so far away? And why didn't they have another outhouse where they were putting these gals for dinner? And if they had a whole production crew in there, didn't they have to bring in a porta potty or something? And who was that woman who was at the porta potty? Because she didn't seemingly seem like part of the crew. I think she might have been a ghost. Do you remember when Brandy and Phaedra, they were like walking in the outhouse and there was some woman and Jill Zarin's like shouting at the woman like, hey, lady, like, is this the bathroom? Is this where we go? And the woman was just like looking at them, but not saying anything. I think she was a ghost. I really do think she was a ghost because she didn't have not one word of answers, but they all saw her. And it wouldn't even surprise me at this point because these women have been through this whole haunted trip. And then they finally settle upon a ghost. And I think she was one of the shakers, the original shakers. Uh, you know, the original shakers, she shook out her sins, or maybe she wasn't able to shake out her sins. And so she just haunts that whole undone barn though for the rest of time. And she was just in the bathroom washing her hands and leaving. And they were like, is that the bathroom? And she's like not able to answer because she's a ghost. So then they go into that bathroom, and could you imagine, you guys, okay, the cast of Friends never had to go into a bathroom like that when they were shooting, you guys. <laughs> I'm sorry, but only on reality television will the stars of a seemingly hit show, a hit franchise, season two of a franchise that is launching a whole streaming service, okay? Let's break this down for a minute. Sit tight, pull over if you're driving, because these women, the Peacock Network was launched on the back of The Real Housewives, Right. I mean, there's a lot of uh, fresh programming on the Peacock. You got the Bel Air reboot. I've been telling you guys to watch Girls 5 Eva. And they got all sorts of shows. But I would argue that the most popular so far has been the Bravo uh, world on Peacock. I think most people, at least in, in my knowledge, most people that subscribe to the Peacock are Bravo fans. They want the Bravo content. They want the girls' trip. They want Real Houses of Miami. And so this whole streaming service was launched off the back of these women. 
of these uh, women over 40. And so they are seemingly the stars of this network. And not only that, this is ex-wives club. So these are women who have launched the franchise. Vicki Gunvalson was ordering a family van over a decade ago and helped launch the careers of so many other housewives on this network, so many other cities. I mean, she has done more for this network than I'd argue almost anyone else. Okay, next to Andy Cohen, I'd say Vicki Gunvalson has done pretty much the most. So Vicki Gunvalson, all that she's given us and all that she's done to launch this network, and they got her shitting in an outhouse going through manure to get there. And I mean, I'm sorry, but that would never happen on another network. You mean to tell me when Netflix launched with Orange is the New Black, they were making Taylor Schilling and Laura Prepon go in an outhouse to go poop? No, they weren't. They certainly weren't. Or what are some other streaming services? Do you think the cast of Yellowstone is uh, on Paramount Plus is making the cast of Yellowstone go shit in the woods? Only on camera. Only if it's part of the storyline. They're certainly not doing. Kevin Costner's not uh, going in an outhouse. He's got a trailer. And so here we have Jill Zarin trudging through mud in her in her merch that she's selling. <laughs> By the way, I don't know if anyone saw this, but Tamara threw a little shade at Jill's merch because Jill's like selling merch. And Tamara said Jill's selling merch with their likeness on it because I think Jill is selling like sweatshirts and stuff with their taglines on it, which that would piss me off a little bit too. If like you're selling shirts with my tagline on it and like making money off of it, at least if you were like donating to charity or something like that. Anyway, Jill, and even in the episode, she was giving out her candles and the the whole Jill and Allie line. She's given them everything. The candle, the sweatshirt, the mask. Who knows what else was in those gift bags? She was trying to make them all the banana bread. That banana bread did not look that great, and she's making it multiple times. I don't know if we needed Jill to make the banana bread a 100 times, but she did. And so, uh, look, these women have been through hell, but they still just took it. They trudged through the mud. I didn't really even think they complained because this was the end of the trip. They were just ready to get to the other side. They were getting to the finish line, and so they were pooping in the woods. Dorinda, oh my God, which speaking, I'm sorry to keep focusing on the bathroom stuff, but speaking of, did you guys see? This was the funniest thing of the episode. When Dorinda went to the restroom, she's like where they were already seated, and so the outhouse was like even farther away from where they were initially when they're having their like first cocktails. And so Dorinda's like, where's the bathroom? And they're like, oh, it's so far away. So then Dorinda goes, she's only gone for like two seconds or something. Then she comes back to the table. They're like, that was quick. And she's like, yeah, because I just went in the woods. And then she sits down and they all have dinner. And somebody said, I think Brandy said like, oh, did you sanitize? And like, she just didn't answer. <laughs> you could see the whole whole uh, previous week was like running through all of their heads. Like you could see Brandy was just having flashbacks and none of them wanted to start a fight because anytime they say something to Dorinda, Dorinda blows up at them. So it was like Brandy and Phaedra and Eva and Jill and Tamara and Vicky and they, Taylor Armstrong, none of them wanted to say a word there, but they were all thinking in their head. The whole week was replaying in their head of like all the times Dorinda served them food or like fingered the lobster or like put the food in Phaedra's mouth, you know, with their bare hands. And so that's all running through their heads and they're thinking, you just, you just went number one in the woods and didn't even wash your hands. But they couldn't say anything. They couldn't say a thing because the last time Brandy said, Brandy said something like, if you invite people over, like, don't yell at them. And it was a joke, but Dorinda did not take it as a joke. She's like, yeah, well, you're a slut and you don't have a shirt on. <laughs> oh, I love these women. They've just given us so much good TV, so much good TV. I am concerned. I don't think this whole series did any good for Dorinda, unfortunately. And you know, I love my D. I love my D. But 
I just, uh, it was not a good, it was not a good eight episodes or seven episodes for her. I mean, it was like, she didn't even know her other, um, previous cast member's name, by the way. Did you catch when she didn't know how to say Jill Zarin? <laughs> oh, I laughed so many times. She's like, Jill Zarin. And Jill's like, by the way, my name is Zarin. And, but it's so funny to me because all these women, on their regular franchises, they always have to pretend they know each other like really well. So whenever somebody new comes on, they're like, I've known this person for 25 years. And then we come to find out usually later when they're off their series or something, it's like they didn't really know each other or they may be like past each other once in a gas station one time or something like that. Like they barely, there's like a very loose connection, but they have to overplay that connection when they're on their shows. So even we're going to talk about Atlanta, but it's like, uh, Fatoum is Sheree's best friend on that show. And I'm like, it's very obviously Sheree and Fatoum don't really have like a, a connection. They don't really seem like good friends. It was very clear to me that Fatoum was cast on the show as a wild card and that's fine, but they got to play it up. Or Magneta, who's I think presented as Candy's friend. Like they're kind of, I think, loose friends and maybe they went to each other's wedding or something, but on the show they have to be like, this is my best friend. And so in Girls Trip, when Dorinda's like, oh, Jill and I, we've known each other for 25 years, so of course we need to get over this. And then she calls her Zarin, and I was like, okay, <laughs> if you've known each other for 25 years, but you don't know how to say the last name, oh, I love it. I love it. And I feel like I'm picking on Dorinda this episode, but I do have to mention one more thing. One more thing, and again, I love Dorinda, and I think Dorinda makes good TV, and I, I think, I, I hope that she watches this and sees that maybe she blows up at people a little too quickly, and that... Going forward, that won't happen. I'd love that. But uh, she makes amazing TV. And I do think she'll be back on Legacy. That's my prediction. I'm sure of it, actually. I would feel, I'm not sure of it, sure of it. But I, I would bet my bottom dollar that she's going to be back on Legacy because she does make good TV. And you need an antagonist and you need conflict. And that drives story forward. And although the audience might hate certain people sometimes, I think it's important to have those characters. You need We need our villains and so hopefully if she does come back, she'll be a little bit more mellow. Cause I like the mellow Dorinda. That's the one I like. Uh, but the one thing that I do have to pick on again, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I don't think I can hear the word, the term or the phrase, make it nice one more time. Did anyone else feel like we're saying that way too much here? I don't know if it was just production left it in or if they were trying to point out that they were saying it a million times, but I just kept hearing make it nice. Did we make it nice? You made it nice. Who made it nice? I made it nice. They made it nice. She made it nice. What? Uh, you guys, it was too much making it nice. Too much ni- make it nice work. I just wanted like literally any other catchphrase. Like I could have, could have done with any other catchphrase, but it, we just kept hearing making it nice. So I don't know. Did I miss anything? I know I said last week on the show, I was upset that Phaedra didn't get into the real houses of Atlanta of it all. I think there was a good opportunity for her to explain her side of the story, which she said last week there was another side of the story, but then it's like we never heard it. So where is it? And then this week on the show, we even saw flashbacks to that reunion and. And I just didn't understand why we didn't get anywhere with that. But ultimately, all the gals came together in the end. They were dancing and singing in the manure in the undone barn. (laughs) In the unfinished barn, they were all just singing and dancing outside and doing a prayer service. And it's a lot of worship happening on Bravo these days, because over on Atlanta, I think they said a prayer too, and... I didn't know we were getting so much worship happening. I mean, God bless. I want everyone's religion to be, as long as you're not hurting anyone, you know, we're not judging. I was raised Catholic. I don't really practice anymore, but God bless. 
And uh, it's happening a lot. We're getting Bible work. We're getting sermon work. We're getting all sorts of prayer work happening around the around the bend, around the river bend. We're getting it on Lana. We're getting it on Orange County. We're getting. We had Tamara's baptism one year, and now it's like we're getting a lot of religion work happening. And so, you know, God bless. Again, I wasn't expecting to see our, uh, Jill Zarin uh, shouting a sermon in the middle of a barn field, but here we are. Here we are. And they got the rights to the song, and that was the end of it. But I think they're going to come back. I think they have to come back, right? Like, fans are demanding that this cast specifically comes back. And I need that. I think we all need that. I'm thrilled that they're doing a season three where the gals are going to Thailand and Portia and Candace and Leah and uh, Heather and Whitney, Weather. Who else? Giselle. I mean, the whole crew is going to be in Thailand next season, and I'm thrilled that that's happening. But I need ex-wives to come back. And I want Brandy back on Beverly Hills. I'm sorry. I think she's the chaos agent that that show needs. And we always need a chaos agent. And Brandy's always been good at that. And when I'm watching Beverly Hills, I'm like, they need someone like that. They need someone who's just going to antagonize and move the story forward more quickly because Beverly Hills just gets too in the weeds and too caught up in just the same storyline over and over again. And I feel like Brandy keeps things moving a little bit. And so I don't want her as a guest star. I want her as at least a friend of. Bring her back. And she's got some unresolved issues with Kim Richards, because I don't know if you saw this, but Kim Richards was at Kathy Hilton through a whole a whole party. And Kim Richards was there, and somebody was interviewed. I think Bryce from uh, Entertainment Tonight was on the red carpet at Kathy Hilton's premiere party for her first episode of The Real House Beverly Hills. And he asked Kim, and Kim said she hasn't talked to Brandy through COVID. And then Brandy tweeted something about Kim. So they got some unfinished business. So I'd like Brandy and Kim back. Bring them back. Uh, anyway, that's Ultimate Girls Trip. I'm I'm sad. We're not, we're not going to have them next week to cover. And I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to rewatch or something because I, they better give us, they're going to have to give us like a Watch What Happens Live reunion, right? Maybe it's already been announced and I missed it. I don't know. Unclear. Okay, we need to take a quick break here, and we'll come back and talk Real Housewives of Atlanta. I want to thank Acast. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino, and we'll be right back. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. And we're back. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. And that's why life is so precious to me because yeah. we're all going to die. And I don't know when it's going to happen. But you experience well, joy every day you can. If I died right now, you guys, I want you all to know, you tell everybody that she died sad. 
<laughs> I know that's from Atlanta. It's not from Atlanta. And I know I've played that clip a hundred times, but it still just makes me laugh. And it's a good lesson for us all. We don't want to die sad like Vicki Gumbelson almost just did at the Real Houses of uh, Ultimate Girls Trip, Bluestone Manor. Which, one more thing about Bluestone Manor. I do have to say, I'm confused as to how we're spelling it. Because on the Ultimate Girls Trip, they were spelling it all one word, Bluestone. But then if you look online or go anywhere else, it's spelled B-L-U-E, one word, and then Stone, one word, and then Manor, one word. But on the show, there it was Bluestone, one word, and then Manor, one I'm like, what is the, what are we doing here? What do we, is it bluestone, blue, uh, with a space? Is it one word? Is it two word? We need to pick one and stick to it because I'm tired of this. It's like, I going to type it out in the episode descriptions. I'm like, I don't know. What am I supposed to write in there? Am I supposed to do one word or two? And I, you know, I don't love spelling mistakes, grammar mistakes. I know they happen. They happen all the time, but I don't want to purposely be doing it. And I don't want people to be reading the episode description and say, Oh, he's so such a dummy. He spelled that wrong. Such a dummy. <laughs> I know. I know when you write a book too, you find out how much of a dummy you are too, because you get the edits back, you know, they're like, why did you spell it that way? You know, and sometimes they're very basic, but you know, when you're a creative mind, sometimes you're just going quick and you're not paying much attention. And it's not that you don't know how to spell it, but you're just moving too quick. Uh, anyway, anyway, the one time you guys went real quick, when I was writing the last book, I wrote rot, but you know, I'm so used to saying it like Brittany from Vanderpump Rules, she's like, rotten hell. And so I wrote R A, <laughs> I wrote R A W T, and my editor was like, uh, "It's R O T." And I looked at it, and I was like, "Oh, the bra- I have Bravo brain because I spelled it like Brittany." Rotten Hill. Rotten Hill. I'm glad I didn't write the word hell and write hell because that's how I spell it now. R A W T. R A W T. Okay, uh, the Real House is Atlanta. Now, before we get into the episode, did you see this on social media? Like Marlo had a break in. Which I, I'm so sad that all these people are having break-ins, and I don't like that the people are having break-ins. I don't know if any people who listen are robbers, but you need to stop. You need to cool it. If any of you out there are Everything Iconic listeners and also robbers, I need you to just be a listener and no longer be a robber. Because I'm tired of our housewives. They're getting break-ins every second. We had Dorit. We had Kyle the Splits Richards. Now we have Marlo. And I know I'm missing other people. Didn't somebody else get robbed or broken into? I mean, it's too much. It's too much. And I know it's a sign of the times that you're hearing about in the news every uh, t- here in California, especially like you hear all the time about people having break-ins and people robbing. Uh, remember what was that movie though, about the, um, the bling ring. I want to rob. Every time I say the word rob, I think of I, uh, Emma, Emma Watson from Harry Potter, Hermione Granger in the bling ring saying, I want to rob. Uh, but everyone's robbing. Too many people are robbing. Too many break-ins. And so I don't know how many robbers we have listening out there. I know we got a lot of listeners here at Everything Iconic, so maybe we're touching, maybe we're changing a life today. Uh, but I need you to stop. I need you to stop and just go do literally anything else. I'm not sure. Get another hobby. I know, pick up knitting or go start riding some horses or something. Because I we can't have another housewife break-in, okay? It's inappropriate, inappropriate. Marlo had a break-in. Anyway, so she was given an interview about the break-in, and then Kenya tweeted that uh, Marlo had given the interview but refused to give them information that could have helped uh, save them or protect them. 
And so Kenya and Marlo are not doing good in present day. They're not doing good on the show. There was like this big stand down on the show at Blue Ridge with the gem mining. And Marlo was pissed at Kenya that Kenya wasn't staying at the house. And then they were just, it was two hours or something. I mean, they put on the screen three minutes, 30 minutes in driveway, one hour in driveway. It was a robot voice. One hour and 30 minutes. I can't do a robot. <laughs> I can't do a robot voice, but you guys know what it, it was like. You can't, I can't do it. I was going to try to do it, but I can't. I can do the robot dance, but I can't do a robot voice. I can't do a robot voice. 30 minutes in driveway. One hour in driveway. One hour, 30 minutes. Maybe that was a good robot voice, actually. You know what? I could do it. Somebody needs to hire me some voiceover work, you guys. Somebody give me a cartoon role. I'm not sure. Can I play some gay, I don't know, gay... I know, a fawn or something? <laughs> What's a gay, a gay pelican or something? I don't know. If anyone out there is like an animated person, just let me voice a pelican. I'll clean up my act. I won't I swear. Just let me voice a gay pelican. It's all I want in life is to just be on like Nickelodeon voicing a gay pelican. Like that's, I'm good. That's career goal. It's like that and I want to be in a Hallmark Christmas movie. Like that's it. How much is that to ask? Just get one line in a Christmas made-for-TV movie and a gay pelican voice. He doesn't have to be the star of the show. I know Nickelodeon's not going to have a gay pelican be the star of some cartoon, but maybe he could be like, he flies in once every other episode. You know, the gay pelican comes in and says something sassy and then flies out. You know, he's like, he just comes in the, like, like I imagine like a Disney Channel show where it's about like a young little girl who's a doctor and she's got like a pelican friend who flies in every other episode and is like, girl, you're doing that wrong. And then he just flies out. You know? <laughs> like it's called like Dr. Magician or, or doctor. Isn't there something called Doc McStuffins? So maybe it's called, maybe, maybe she's not a doctor. Maybe she's like a, it's a little girl who like works on a factory line. You know, she's a line worker in the factory. You know, she's filling bottles on a factory line and she hates her job, but she imagines all these like a magical world in the factory. And then like the pelicans, pelican swoops in every other, every other episode and is like, girl, you're filling those boxes wrong or girl, you know, just the pelican comes in and says, girl, like that's what I want. Can't somebody write, do I have to write that cartoon? I and mean, that sounds like a hit to me. I don't know. Kid, I'm not a parent, but I feel like kids would like that. Some gay pelican flying in. Uh, anyway, I had too much coffee today. Blue Ridge, day two. Was last week it to be continued? I don't recall. Anyway, Kenya arrives in the morning time, which was a big sticking issue because Marla's like, if you don't come in the morning, you're not coming to any of the mining events or any of the other events. So she arrives. Drew's in her Versace robe on the phone. Kenya's came in. Uh, Kenya came in with a good vibe. She was feeling good. Marlo goes to give Kenya a, a hug, but Kenya refuses. Kenya, all she said to Marlo was hi, and then she like went in the other room. And Sonia's kind of playing both sides. They called Sonia the bone collector. And then I think Sheree said something like, uh, she's a little bitty bone collector, which I loved, a little bitty bone collector. And, oh, maybe that could be the cartoon. Maybe it's like a young girl who's a bone collector. Like she's an archaeological, archaeo, what do they call it? A paleon, not a paleontologist, archaeologist. You know, like they dig up bones, like dinosaur bones and stuff. I feel like that'd be a good cartoon. And maybe it's a, I'm the gay, I'm still a gay bird, but I'm like a gay, um, what's the flying pterodactyl? You know, maybe it's about a girl dinosaur enthusiast. And I play like the one living pterodactyl who's gay. And he just swoops in. And he's like, girl, you're digging wrong. And then he, sw he flies out, you know? <laughs> 
either way, though, I'm like a gay bird in this world. And it's like a young girl, archaeal. I said, I say it, archaeologist. You guys are yelling. I know when I get things wrong, I know you yell at the radio or your headphones or wherever, however you're listening. You're like, Danny, get the word right. I know it's annoying. Cause I do it too. If I'm listening to something, the person who's hosting or whatever doesn't know the word, I get fucking pissed. So I know you guys are fucking pissed too. I get it. I get it. You're yelling rotten hill. Rotten hill. Uh, okay. So where are we at here? So Sonia's playing both sides. Uh, and then Kenya tells Sonia that Marlo acts how she acts with Kenya with the nephews. And Mar- Kenya says she's triggered because she ran away when the grandma changed her mind. So, okay. This is something we need to talk about. So Kenya said when she was younger, she was living with, I believe, the grandma, and then the grandma decided she didn't want to raise Kenya no more. So then uh, they were sending Kenya away on like a van, in a van. And then Kenya says, and this was a direct quote, she said she dropped and rolled out of the van. She dropped and rolled out of the van. And then was missing for weeks. And I have so many questions about this. First of all, was like the grandma the one driving the van? Whoever was driving the van, did they not not notice that a young gal just dropped and rolled out of the van and then was missing missing for weeks? Like, what are the logistics of this Fast and the Furious moment where Kenya Moore, gorgeous, stunning Kenya Moore, just dropped and rolled out of a moving vehicle? And then the moving vehicle didn't even stop to try to go get her or something. And then she was missing for weeks? Like, what are the logistics of this? And I didn't feel like she was even exaggerating. Like, I thought maybe she could be exaggerating for the story or something, but it sounded like it was an actual thing that happened. And I think you might remember the story I told when I was a kid and I got pushed out of a moving golf cart when my family was at a timeshare tour in Florida. And I had to hop on a woman named Roberta, uh, who was in a little disability scooter to catch up with my family. And so if only uh, Kenya had a woman named Roberta to hop into her disability vehicle to catch up to that van, uh, maybe she wouldn't have been missing for two weeks. But instead, Kenya stopped, dropped, and rolled right out of that family situation, right out of that family van. And uh, I don't understand it, but it's what happened. Didn't I, uh, I wish we had cameras. I wish we had eyes and ears on that moment because I don't understand it. Don't understand it. Uh, Sonia and Marlo, this is when we get some prayer work because they prayed for Kenya to get the demons out. They're all talking about the demons. So Kenya is saying that Marlo's got these demons and then Marlo's saying she's got to get the demons out. And I'm like, these demons are in all of these gals this week because they're all saying that one's got demons. She's got demons, demons. So then we cut to breakfast. Kenya's setting Sheree up with a business person and Kenya asks, she's like, okay, if you're going to meet with the person, like, where's your notebook? Where's your notes? And Sheree's like, oh, I don't have that. But then Sheree says she's put in a thousand percent into it, which I just, I know I've complained about this before, but there's no such thing as a thousand percent. You're either a hundred percent or less. You can't be a hundred and ten percent. You can't be a thousand percent. You're either a hundred percent is the whole thing, whole kit and caboodle. So that's enough. That's enough, 100%. You don't need to be 100,000%. You don't need to be 110%. Uh, so I'm concerned about Shrey's business. So obviously, it's going to be a problem. She buys Shrey. Candy even says that it doesn't make sense because it's like a, a huge brand that everyone knows, but you can't buy nothing. And Candy's like, you should just start small, sell like one small batch. And basically, I think what Candy's saying is like, just do some merch, like just have a T-shirt that says she buys Sheree so someone could buy anything and then use the money you make to invest into the business. So I don't know why Sheree's not doing that. Like it doesn't, I've, a couple of weeks ago, I went on Sheree's website. Again, there's no thing there. Uh, 
Then Fatum arrives, Sheree's friend, who's very messy, and again, I don't think has any actual connection to Sheree, but she's a chaos agent, and I'm into it. And I think Atlanta and every other franchise in this network can uh, use a chaos agent. Uh, Marlo asked to have a one-on-one with Kenya. Kenya says she's not, not with the tone. Kenya runs away, and she's locking the doors behind her. She's running through the basement, cackling. Did anyone see this whole scene when there was just like a... We heard cackling and the cameras couldn't even catch camera. We saw, we couldn't catch Kenya. We saw like the camera people, the producers, and all we heard was like this cackle in the background, like, ah! <laughs> so crazy. And then eventually they caught up to her and Kenya's like, I'm not having, I'll have a, a conversation in the whole group, but I'm not having one just with Marlo. And Kenya says to Marlo, you gave away your nephews. And then Marlo says, I'm going to post a picture of your deflated booty. I mean, whew, it's hard to keep up with these two. These two fighting. And they both go below the belt, and I don't like that. Don't like that. Uh, Moneta's here, though, and she's got a confessional, which surprised me. I wasn't expecting a confessional. Was not expecting that. Uh, Marlo tells production, though, that Kenya can't go to the activities. And so this is when they sit in the driveway for like an hour and a half. I didn't even understand what was happening. I just thought most of them should leave. Like, I almost thought like they should... Just leave Marlo and Kenya. If they're the ones, then the rest of them should go mining for, even though the mining thing was so weird. And then Drew and Fatum have this weird fight that I don't even really understand. I mean, I get why Drew's pissed because Fatum has been saying all these crazy stuff and like found, remember Fatum like hired a, 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 a private eye. That could be a good Nickelodeon cartoon too, or Disney Channel cartoon, like a little girl who's a private eye who has the gay pelican that comes in every other episode and says, girl, you're not doing good detective work. Let me show you how. You know, it could be like a mix between Murder, She Wrote. and <laughs> I'm given so many good ideas. So many free ideas this week of uh, everything iconic. You're just a little girl, private eye. And she solves like, she solves, de- she does detective work for her friends. And when she's like not able to solve a case, the pelican just flies in and it's like, girl, here, let me show you how to do it. And the pelican's got like a monocle and he helps her solve the mystery or something. Kind of like a Scooby-Doo, but instead of a, a big old dog. It's a gay pelican. You know, that's what I'm imagining. Okay, uh, moving on. I'm going to stop with the cartoon ideas because I don't want to give it all away. You know, I'm a writer myself. I'm trying to sell TV shows and movies on my own. I don't need to be giving all away all my million dollar ideas. I'm just saying I want to voice a gay bird. So can't somebody make that happen? I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Okay, so yeah, Drew and Fatum have this whole thing. Fatum I think uh, Drew said Fatum is maybe drunk. And then also the thing, though, I would side with Drew on this one because I do think Fatum is odd in a lot of ways. Like, why would you hire the private eye? And, like, she seems a little bit too into, like, the Drew and Ralph of it all, which, by the way, I know we're also in too into the Drew and Ralph of it all because I went to all the websites and I was basically doing private eye work on them when I was trying to find uh, information on Ralph's website about the book and the whole nine. But Fatum, I think, takes it even a step further, uh, where she's hiring outside help for it. But then Drew loses me when she keeps calling her a dog and like barking at her. I'm like, why does she keep barking? She's like, ruff, 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 ruff. and I was like, at first I didn't even understand. And I know she was like doing a, a, an insult or a metaphor or something, but I I couldn't follow for a long time of like what the barking was. And then it was it got way too out of hand later in the episode when she threw out the doggy bone because. She had to go get the doggy bone. So all of it was so pre-planned because she does not have a dog, as they pointed out. There's no dogs in Drew's house. Uh, but she did buy a bone. 
And let's all talk about the logistics of that because Drew didn't even know that Fatoum was coming on this trip. So did she just pack a dog bone? Like, why did she have a dog bone in her bag? Because the rest of the time, she did not know Fatoum was coming. She was surprised that Fatoum was there. So did she bring a doggy bone just in case? Why did she have a dog bone? What was that about? And then if not, if she didn't bring it travel with her, then did she go to the store when they were at Blue Ridge? And she's just like, excuse me, gals. And she goes over to the PetSmart and gets a bone when she finds out that uh, Fatoum might be coming on the cast trip. Like, what are the logistics of it? Or did she send a PA? She, when Fatoum got there, did she tell a PA, hey, you need to go on over to PetSmart and get me a dog bone because I need to do this whole bit with Fatoum. And you could tell all the other women were like cringing about it. Like Candy, even like Candy likes Drew, but Candy was like, okay, like girl, why did you have a dog bone in your bag? Like it's fucking weird. Uh, So it's like, that's when Drew loses me because it was all so pre-planned. I didn't like it. I didn't like, meanwhile, Moneta and Candy just want to have a good time. They want to take photos by the lake, have quiet fun. (sighs) I would have wanted to hang out with them. I like, is, I hope I'm saying that right. Moneta, Moneta, right? Uh, she seems nice and fun and lovely. And there was one point where she got pissed at Marlo, but she was like, oh, I don't know if I should say anything because I'm a new girl. And I wanted her to say something because I worry that she's not going to see the light of another season. You know, if you're not going to speak up, then you're donezo. That's what happens on these shows, right? We've seen it too many times. Uh, so I wish that she would have spoken up because she seems like a nice gal, but your nice doesn't work on these shows, right? You can't just be a nice, normal human being. You got to have a little bit of crazy. You got to have a little bit of turn up. You got to have a little bit of confrontation. You got to have a little bit of something, a little extra pizzazz, right? You're on camera. You're on television. I think Phaedra on The Real House's Ultimate Girls Trip said it best. She's like, we're all dynamic women who got something a little bit extra about us. And so that's what it takes to be a peach holder, to be a diamond holder, to be an apple holder, to hold a um, hold your hips like they do in Jersey's intro. You know, you got to hold them hips. If you want to hold them hips, you got to throw a table. Sorry to say it. Uh, okay, by the way, they're in Ireland. Jersey gals are in Ireland. I saw photos of Teresa and Marge walking hand in hand. Spoiler alert. I guess they made up. Spoiler alert. You guys are going to be mad I spoiled something for next season. I mean, I don't know anything more about it. I just saw like one image of them holding hands and I'm like, okay, they're a dynamic duo again. Uh, okay. So then Marlo, she is sort of fake crying a little bit. That was weird to me. And then Kenya says Marlo's behavior reminds her of her marriage. They all do this trampoline jumping, which was a little bit strange. And finally, they make it to the gem mining. And I was concerned because right when we got to the gem mining, mining, I saw the sign that said, uh, guns are welcome here. Now, without getting into the whole gun thing and ruining all of our moods, I think that just some, I don't, uh, how do I put this? Word art is past its prime. I've said that before and I'll say it again. When you're headed to the store, no more word art. I don't care what it says, live, laugh, love, or if it says guns are something here, guns are welcome here. No more word art. So that's strike one. Strike two, do we really need to like advertise like, oh, we love a gun? Like, I just think that's so weird and gross to me. I mean, I don't, I'm not a gun person, but like, it's weird to me to be like, oh, we love them. I don't know. I just find it all weird. It's all weird. It's strange. It's weird. It's weird. And then he had the Trump 2024 sign. And of course, Kenya just took it off the wall. (laughs) She said, (laughs) Kenya said, I'm cleaning up the place. (laughs) 
And the guy, what was his name? I wrote his name down. Charlie or something? Was it Charlie? He he was just watching, and you know he was fuming, because he hung that sign, and Kenya was just like, I'm going to take it off the wall. <laughs> oh, sometimes I love Kenya. But the whole place was weird, and the whole activity of gem mining is weird to me, because also, it's like, they're not digging for diamonds, and they weren't even actually digging anything. This man, Charlie, just handed him a bucket of sand, and was like, here you go. It sort of reminded me, did you guys ever do back in the 90s, like when you were a kid, those sand things where they would give you a glass bottle and you would like layer sand? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? And then they let you leave and you'd have like this little sand arty thing that you would have in your room. That's how the setup reminded me. I know that's not what they were doing, but like that's all I could think about uh, was like making the sand art. And they were just digging through those buckets, and everyone had to act like it was a fun activity, but you know they all thought it was so dumb as fuck. Like, you know, <laughs> they thought it was dumb as fuck. They're like, we're not getting anything. Uh, we saw, um, I said Marnetta's got a confessional, but we also saw a new confessional look from Marlo, and she looked like a sexy Colonel Sanders. Did anyone else notice this with the bow, the black bow, and the white blouse? And she looks, go look. I Googled it because I was like, I'm getting, all of a sudden I had a taste for a KFC. And I was like, what's that about? I, I was like hearing Reba McIntyre in my head. Remember the commercial where Reba McIntyre dressed up as Colonel Sanders? Not sure what the fuck that ad campaign was about. I don't know who thought of that, but I guess it worked because it's still in my head. And then I saw Marlo and I was like, you know what? Marlo should take over for Reba. I think Reba is the, I don't know who's playing Colonel Sanders on the commercials now. You know, I watch all of my television on streaming apps and all that. But I think Mario Lopez was Colonel Sanders at one point. We had Reba McIntyre as Colonel Sanders. And they all wear that sort of black bow with the white blouse. But they got to put a, even Reba had like a beard, a fake beard on. So anyway, I'm thinking now Marlo should be the next Colonel Sanders. Like, I'm not sure if they're still doing that where they're having, I don't know if KFC, the KFC was basically doing the same business model that the Pussycat Dolls did in Vegas. Remember at the Pussycat Dolls, like in the early 2000s, they'd be like, okay, we're having Christina Applegate come in. And then they'd have a whole month where Christina Aguilera took over the Pussycat Dolls. Not the girl group, but the Vegas show. Do you remember this? And I think it even happened on House Size. Remember Gretchen, Gretchen Christine Butte, you know, she like, <laughs> she like left Slade and was like, I'm going to be a Pussycat Doll. And then she was a Pussycat Doll for a week. That's basically what KFC did, but they did it with Colonel Sanders. And so they had celebrities come in. And it was like, okay, we're having Mario Lopez come in. Reba McIntyre come in. We're having the Pine Saw Lady come in. We're having uh, Flo from the Progressive commercials come in and be the Colonel Sanders. And so now on the Real House of Atlanta, when I'm seeing Marlo dressed like that, I'm like, she should be the next Colonel Sanders. You know, Mark Cuban, next Colonel Sanders. It's like, who's next? Alfre Woodard, next Colonel Sanders. Marcel the Shell, the next Colonel Sanders. Like, why can't we get Marlo in there? You know, or maybe get Gretchen Christine Butte. She's not working. You know, get Gretchen. (laughs) Gretchen and them handbags could go in and play Colonel Sanders too. She did Pussycat Dolls. Let's get her in KFC commercial. Anyway, where were we? So Marlo, the nephew's birthday's the next day. Marlo decides she's packing up. She's leaving. She meets everyone in the living room. She says, I'm done. This is not any fun. She's like, I'm not recharging. It just hurts. Marlo has a call for peace. Uh, They don't want to have peace. This is where, uh, this is where Moneta wants to speak up, but doesn't. Ultimately, she's like, okay, whatever. And Marlo's like, we're all going to go home. This is it. This is done. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that 
thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y, dot com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And then in this living room scene, Drew and Fatum have a little moment. Fatum tells Drew to shut the fuck up, and Drew keeps barking like, ruff, 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 ruff. and this is when she throws the bone. And then Trey said in the confessional, she said, did this bitch throw Ralph's dildo at Fatum? <laughs> she said is that ralph's dildo oh hearing Sheree, the way she said dildo just had so much like oh it had so much oomph and again i don't like this i don't like when they throw out the gay accusation as like a negative thing you know like i always think it's kind of like weird and gross and maybe we don't need to say the husbands are gay every minute on these shows but when Sheree said is that ralph's dildo i couldn't help but laugh i couldn't help but laugh i couldn't help but uh, and then Sonia points out she doesn't have a dog. She brought the bone for this moment. And Marlo says, at the end of the day, it's about Marlo. So I called you all cars and I want everyone to leave. Thanks, but no thanks for making me feel better, which is insane. These women all drove three hours to get here. Uh, I don't know what production thought because production probably planned to film here for multiple days. So I'm sure they were pissed, but then also, why didn't they step in? Maybe they do step in and are like, okay, we're going to stay here longer. I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see next week. Go to bravotv.com for more information. But I need to know what production thought. And Marlo says, Marlo also sort of threw something at Fatum for a second. You hear her, she said, what's wrong with Shrey's friend? That was interesting to me. And that's the end of the episode. Next uh, week, we have Marlo with a life coach. We see Candy and Todd working out some issues with Riley and Todd's daughter. Riley looks so grown up in the preview for next week. I can't even believe it. Then we have a group dinner and some Drew versus Shrey. So according to the previews for next week, it looks like all the gals are back in Atlanta. So it does look like they leave Blue Ridge. Which that beautiful cottage house, maybe production got to stay there and have a good time because that production, uh, that house was stunning. It had the Christmas tree up and its stockings hung by the fire with care. And uh, these women just had to leave it. They Marlo called them all cars and said, get the fuck out. How about you? Get the fuck out. She said, rotten hell. Rotten hell. Get the fuck out. And they did. They got the fuck out. <laughs> 
Not before jumping on a trampoline and mining for some gems with a man named Charlie who's uh, rooting for Trump 24. Anyway, you guys, that's the episode. Shall we do our cheesy little cool down? Uh, again, uh, find me on social media. The Patreon page has bonus episodes of Everything Iconic. There's links in the episode description. Uh, let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take one more deep breath in, baby. Let's do it. Let's do it, baby cakes. Hold it. (laughs) Breathe out. I want to apologize for just now when I called you all baby cakes. Uh, And I want to send love to all the animators and people who work for Disney and Nickelodeon and any other children's network. I hope that uh, I inspired you for maybe some ideas in the future and... Uh, if you want, you could reach out to me directly or my representations for voiceover work. I'm available. I love you all so much. Okay. <laughs> How shameless of me. Anyway, I love you. I love you. And I can't wait till I get to share with you all the gay pelican I'm playing on some network somewhere someday. Okay. Dream big. Love you. Bye-bye. <laughs>